to the Diamond Chronicles, true tales of trade, trust, and betrayal in what Colin refers to as the world's second oldest industry. You know, and I was talking to a marketing person yesterday. That was a very good introduction. Oh, thank you. You stole my introduction, though. Right? You know how my ego is with this sort of thing, right? <laughs> But, you know, it was funny because I was talking about that introduction yesterday with a marketing person who wanted to talk to me about not our podcast, but our newsletters and how she could help us dress them up a little bit more. And um, she talked about the fact that um, the, the second oldest industry in the world and how cute she thought that was and how interesting. And you are cute, Colin. I am cute. This is very, very true. But here's the thing. The whole thing about the second oldest industry in the world is whatever he paid that profession with was something that was pretty and sparkled, I'm guessing. I mean, in those days, I'm sure there was no currency to speak of. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's that's where that line sort of comes from. So so how are you doing today, Colin? I'm, I'm good, Judy. I got up are early. You? I rode the bike for an hour on level 15 after doing a late night yin and yoga class. You know how I am with the working out and all yeah. that sort of thing. So what about you on another date last night or? Not last night. Like, I'm taking we, a break. Okay. Should we be talking about this with the amount of guys you date? Like, <laughs> I hope none of them think anything special like should i just go to defense for you right here yeah i mean judy is a beautiful young intelligent capable woman with a number of suitors and i just <laughs> you know i feel sorry for them all hey sorry about that but well let's talk about you then i there's nothing <laughs> to say where i'm concerned anyways guys uh, why don't we get started on today's topic and what's today's topic Today's topic is we are going to be discussing lab-grown diamonds versus mined. Right, and an article came out this morning discussing lab-grown diamonds versus mined. And uh, we took that as, no, they didn't call it mined. They natural. called it natural. And I like to draw the distinction because when you have something, whether it's made three billion years ago near the center of the earth or it's today um it, it made in a laboratory aren't they both kind of natural i mean understand these are identical things no one in the world can look at these and tell the difference which is a compelling case for it's all natural isn't it right i mean they're chemically the same it's all carbon right it's all pure carbon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in a ring, and we're going to talk about this a little bit, what the paradigm of ownership, I guess. So, so anyway, to give you a little bit of background, 50 years ago, General Electric and De Beers started developing lab-created diamonds. And the reason they developed them, they never, ever anticipated, well, as far as we know, they never anticipated that they were going to be anything ever used in jewelry. And I say as far as we know because we really don't know what we know and we're going to talk about some of those facts today but they the people listeners may or may not understand that in the diamond industry 
Only about 20% of it, or even less, is for jewelry. The majority of it is industrial diamonds. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you can make cheap industrial diamonds rather than get them out of mines for a fraction of the cost, I mean, and this is where the whole the whole business of of lab created diamonds started and this is 50 years ago mm -hmm. and then 15 years ago and we talk about this movie a lot that's coming out what's it called again nothing lasts forever. nothing lasts forever and it seems like it's never ever coming <laughs> out they had the right they had like, the premiere so long ago and we've been trying to find this online for the longest didn't time. we even contact the guy who produced it yeah. cohen I mean, he's a very credible... Anyway, we've tried to get you guys copies. We're unsuccessful so far. So if any of you hear of that, please send us uh, some information. By the way, why don't we talk, before we move too far ahead, about the correction that we got last week. Because apparently, now we haven't had a chance to research this, but we want to acknowledge it. We got an email. And by the way, thanks for the text and the emails and the contact through uh, our, our website and every other way you guys are contacting us with questions. We love getting them. Mm -hmm. But this one was about concentrated wealth. Mm -hmm. And then in the video of the newsletter this week, I said it the wrong way. So for clarity's sake... What we've been told and we haven't verified is this. Go, Judy. So we had an email from a Robert saying that uranium is actually smaller and it's the most concentrated form of wealth. On and Earth. On Earth, yes. So. Whereas we said, what was it? So I don't think uranium, we said, I said plutonium. You said plutonium, there In the go. moment, okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so uranium apparently is smaller and more valuable. We're going to verify this for you. Um, but it doesn't qualify in other ways, like the stealth wealth advantage of having diamonds as an investment, mm -hmm. where you can put them in your pockets. I don't yeah. think anybody's <laughs> sticking uranium in no. their pockets and crossing borders. But Robert, we do appreciate the feedback. Yes, and once we have confirmed, we've made some inquiries, but it's hard to tell the real cost. And by the way, we don't want to be like Sheldon Cooper on the Big Bang Theory and have you know national security show up at the door because we're trying to get prices for uranium. Okay? So back to our... Uh, our lab grown versus mind we're not going to call them natural we're going to call them mind mm -hmm. and you know you were quoting me some some statistics this morning and so you know look what we're trying to do here we're not going to say one's better than the other right, I right. grew up in an industry and if you'd asked me four years ago if I would ever ever say that that I would ever be in a position to provide one of our clients with a, with a lab created diamond I never ever ever would have and I know exactly who it is that got the very first one from me that was four years ago and I actually got feedback for this podcast from them on exactly what it's like to own a lab created diamond so we can talk about that do your statistics Jude yeah so according to the environmental impact assessment by Frost and Sullivan the water needed to create lab-grown diamonds is seven times less than the water needed to excavate mine diamonds. It's a pretty staggering number. So they say that 70 liters per carat is needed for lab-grown versus 480 liters per carat for a mined diamond. Crazy, right? You know, it, one of the things that I've attributed to other people that I actually came up with because I didn't want to 
take responsibility for talking like this. And um, I think it, one of the things you're going to see with us is I'm going to very much make my points and just go with that and let this whole thing go, um, is I've always said, I've always been, I am an environmentalist. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm the middle of four sisters. I'm for women's rights. Um, I'm, uh, uh, as far as the environmental impact of mining, here's what I, my, my view was and, and is even more because in my view, to a certain degree, it's not necessary anymore. I mean, what you can, Mother Nature, um, took three billion years to make we can make in labs the paradigm of ownership i can assure you of this is the fact that um you know i, I talked to this couple who got the first one ever from me sort of ground zero diamond zero lab created diamond zero and they said and, and this is always the paradigm i talk to our clients about look it's not about buying it's not about buying a diamond. When you put that diamond engagement ring on, mm -hmm. it goes with you wherever you go mm -hmm. for the next 10 or 15 or 25 or 50 years, whatever it is that you're together. It's unlike anything else you'll ever buy. There'll be houses and cars and everything else. You know, the diamond engagement ring is an example, and this is the prime area where we've seen an absolute massive growth in lab created diamonds one in four in the united states apparently last year was a lab created diamond and that's with a bullet that's going up quickly yeah is um you know it's about owning and so i said to them i said you know with all this news about lab created diamonds have has anybody and this is a incredible three carat rock and they i said has anybody ever said is it a lab created diamond or is it real or anything else and not once has that ever come up mm -hmm. and i can assure you of this it won't come up it's not the paradigm a diamond's a diamond mm -hmm. you might get asked the first question everybody gets or at least 95 percent is what size is it mm -hmm. you know and if you can say it's a half carat or one carat or, these are the values in ownership mm -hmm. so the buying paradigm is completely different from owning and so you know if my own family came to me today and said you know i'm getting engaged i'm sorry my recommendation not sure why i paused in the <laughs> middle of that word my recommendation would be lab created diamond mm -hmm. right? let's talk a little bit more about other other reasons because we talked about the environmental impacts right what are some other reasons that you know you would pick a, a lab grown over mind what's the first one that comes to your mind I would say cost. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, and we talk about this as our four C's of, mm -hmm. that people should look right. at when they own a diamond. And cost is a big one. Okay. But it's competence. You know, 1939, De Beers and, and the GIA developed the four C's of cut, color, clarity, and carrot. Our four C's for our clients who are planning to own diamonds are competence, credibility of who you're dealing with. Cost is a big one. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So, so if you can get a beautiful one carat diamond that there is literally no difference in the grade for 12,000 because it came out of a mind, a mind, a mine, <laughs> because it came out of a mind, 
my mind. <laughs> I seem to be stuck there. I'm stuck in a loop because it came out of a mine mm-hmm. versus one that came out of a lab that they're identical in every single way. Aren't you going to go with the one that's a third of the price? Is it a third generally? About it's third? like on our prices it is. Yeah. I mean, at retail, it's a different ballgame. But our prices is. You know, I, I didn't finish my, my thought there about... About, and I'm just going to say it. When you guys hear me saying raping Mother Nature for her jewels, I'm sorry, this is a lot of what mining is. Mm-hmm. Okay, a lot of mining is, it's pit mining for diamonds. It's open pit. They excavate the earth. They, they you know, with the exception of the Argyle mine, of which I was one of the first direct distributors mm-hmm. in the world, an authorized partner, um, none of them um, fill the land back in. And this is one of the things. So, you know, if you're looking at investment in Argyle Pink Diamonds, there's categories that are worth investing in. They are, the mine is filling the land back in uh, at that mine. So other than that, I mean, you've got to look at the fact that these the white diamond business is not the same as the colored diamond business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I... That's that's my view of that. Mm-hmm. Did I answer your question, by the way? Yeah, I've been going off on tangents this morning. <laughs> He's so excited this Maybe morning. Maybe I shouldn't get up in the morning and, and ride the bike, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm just too hopped up. But anyway. I don't know how you do cardio for an hour. Like, most people cannot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like but I You're an people. anomaly, so... I, it's like I tell people, I can do what 20-year-olds do physically. <laughs> Mentally, as you can clearly tell. Yeah. I'm not as Cutting strong. up with me. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so we talked about the cost. We talked about the environmental issues with mine diamonds. What else? You know, I, one of the things that, that concerned me is I'll have clients out there now, and, and I get calls from clients who say, should I be changing my, my mine diamonds to lab created? And, you know, I talk about the fact in, in California now where, you know, there's no hasn't been fur coats. I refer to them. The mine diamonds in in some of my, my my chats about this as if they're going to become the fur coats of the diamond industry, and I really think that's the case. It's a really interesting. It's so interesting. Paradigm, yeah. Because they they have. Are you going to use that word paradigm anymore today, or is that it? Are we that was my first time. time. I think you t- used it twice that already. That was my first time. That's but my who's word. Let's see if you guys are listening in. <laughs> let's tally it up. We're gonna have it. We're, we're gonna do a number account. Okay. okay sounds, a paradigm. Or maybe great. it was me that used. But, um, you know, in the state of California, people are already denying the fact that they have mined diamonds. And this is an industry, if you don't know, and we're going to talk about the industry of the diamond industry, the background of the diamond industry in Mm -hmm. another podcast. This is an industry that has blood on its hands. You know, you you can look back to the the Leonardo movie, Blood Diamonds. Such a good movie such a good movie an amazing movie but it's a factual movie about the industry and even today the the mine diamond industry has blood on its hands so anyway i don't want to get too much into that because i don't want people freaking out because that's a very few of the diamonds every diamond for our clients we've ever dealt with mm-hmm. it have been kimberly processed which means this is the 
the process put in place by the United Nations to mm -hmm. ensure that there are no blood diamonds in the system. And, you know, if you got your engagement ring or anything through me, you got that process document as well. So, so you can feel good about your purchase. Yeah, you can feel good about it. Mm -hmm. So let, let's expand a little bit more on, on some of the things about the lab-grown that have changed since the whole um, lab-grown situation really started to rear its head. I'm going to say that's about four years ago um, when, when I did this first engagement ring. And I was reluctant um, to do it at the time, but boy, was I wrong, right? I'm not always right, Judy. You're going to have to deal with this. Even though I like to come across <laughs> like I am. But I was wrong. I never would have imagined or anticipated what would be happening today. You know, examples of it. The Gemological Institute of America, who everybody knows I'm a huge fan. Well, just a couple of years ago, they, they were still saying they would never certify a lab-grown diamond. And guess what? They're certifying mm -hmm. lab-grown diamonds just from Christmas of last year. Um, what else? Holy smokes. Oh, here's one. And, and, you know, I've grown up in the industry. I've been in the industry for 40 years. Friends of mine who are very traditional Hasidic Jewish guys who would never, ever, if you've ever seen the musical, the wonderful musical about the uh, exodus of Jews from Russia, the opening song is tradition. And this, it's, it's, it's a beautiful religion. My friends are incredible people in the industry who are, are Jewish. And um, they're now selling lab-created diamonds. They're charging a little bit too much but they're selling lab-created diamonds now. You know, you were going to say something, Jill? <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think is going to happen with the cost of lab-grown? Because obviously that's kind of the way the industry is going. Um, we have the technology to do so. If you guys find that Judy's much more confident this week on the call, because I certainly do, she's asking super good questions. So you all know Judy graduated from the Diamonds yeah. course this past week at the GIA from the Gemological Institute of America. And so when you get emails from Judy now, it says... <laughs> Gemological Institute of America Diamonds. Official, guys. So this is where all this newfound confidence is coming from, I think, because <laughs> right. she knows her stuff. And she's I guess we both learn a lot when we do mm -hmm. the podcast. Um, so so the GIA are certifying them. You just asked me a question. What and was you it? Forgot it already? Yeah. I'm <laughs> Like at my age, I'm lucky I remember anything. <laughs> well, I was just talking about the cost of lab-grown diamonds. You know. Oh, I think I think you're you're going to see initially mm -hmm. a drop in the price as they compete, but I think it's going to be very much like the the mine diamond industry, where you're going to see pricing, you're going to see things like uh, manufactured scarcity. Okay. So that, that'll become... High demand. Remember, the biggest player in the industry today is... That's a super good question, Judy. Um, we review nothing before we sit down here. <laughs> we live this every life, every day, pardon me. So in terms of where pricing is going to go, remember, the biggest supplier in the world today 
of mine diamonds is the powerful, legendary, iconic, incredible company started by Cecil Rhodes way back in the late 1800s in South Africa. And if you've ever heard of Rhodes Scholars, all you students out there, that's Cecil who made that scholarship available, mm -hmm. the Rhodes Scholarship, which is probably the most famous in the world. Um, he, what, it, that company, De Beers today, who is, by the way, about to open a plant in Oregon that they initially were going to spend 80 million U.S. dollars on to produce lab-created diamonds. Wow. Um, they are the biggest supplier of lab-created diamonds on the planet as well. So I think we know where pricing is going to go. Okay. Right? And, you know... One of the things we're going to start to provide our clients, guys, if you're interested, one of the things we talk about here is, look, we deal, we have a fundamental belief, and you'll see it if you go to our Instagram, the Global Diamond Broker. Uh, we talk about the fact that whether it's an emotional investment, like an engagement ring, or a financial investment, the only return on these things is beauty, and that's measurable. We call it defined beauty. We define it for you and tell you, and, and we also... You know, we talk about our prices compared to other companies, and we're going to start to show a little bit more of that at the website. If you haven't signed up at the website, make sure you do. If you haven't signed up to win the pink argyle diamond, what are you doing? Make sure you do. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we're we're glad to be here. I I think that's what I got for this week, Judy. Yeah, you I got think anything we, else? No, I just wanted to quickly mention that. You know, we talked about the different views on both LabGrown and Mind, but ultimately, it's your decision, what you decide to, to do with it. We're here to give you the facts and give you the information so that you can make the best informed decision for yourself. So. But I think I tip the hand in the mindset <laughs> quite a bit. Yeah. Right? And, and I do. Right? Mm -hmm. and from environmental to price to the fact that they're diamonds. I mean, look, we have clients who for whatever their personal reasons are, still want diamonds from the, the, the ground. Mm -hmm. And that's perfectly fine with us. Yeah. We'll still give you the most beautiful at the best price. Of course, price. that's the most important that's thing. That's what we've been doing for four decades, for God's <laughs> sake. Judy, it's um, nice to see you again today. we got to go back to work. It's early in the day here, and we're yeah. busy AF. Busy so, AF. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, have a great weekend, everybody. This won't go out till tomorrow, I guess, when by the time we edit. And um, we're here. We'll see you next time. You can reach us at uh, theglobaldiamondbroker.com directly mm -hmm. from the website. You can text me personally. Don't call him. 604-999-8111. I just don't answer phone calls unless it's... Well, you, basically. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> Pretty much. Where's two sons? Okay, everybody take care.